Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Brand Builder Show and uh, great to have two friends back for their second visit to the show, Tom and Alex. Welcome back, guys. Cheers, Ben. Thanks for having us, Ben. Nice, good. We, uh, you guys were one of the first guests, I think episode four maybe from memory. You guys were on and we were chatting through your journey then to where you were, but things have really kicked on a gear for in the last six months or so. So we're gonna dive into that today. Talk through uh, growth on Amazon, launches, PPC agencies, um, you know, loads of stuff to get into. So uh, for those that didn't actually listen to the first episode, chaps, give us a little bit of a background on who you guys are, your history over the last couple of years, and uh, yeah, what you're up to. Do you want me to take it this time, Al? Because you take it away, Tom, take it away. <laughs> so we'll give you the short version if you haven't heard the other episode obviously go back and, and yeah, watch it you can see a bit sure. of a, an intro but uh so i'm tom that's alex we are the honest entrepreneurs on on youtube and all that good stuff so we partnered up in 2020 essentially um to join together alex already had some experience selling on amazon um i was brand new to it launched our first uh, brand in the summer of 2020 um in the uk uh that we actually ended up killing that brand because it wasn't going too well. A bit of a, a few issues there. Launched a second brand in the States in August 2020. And that one now is our sole focus. And we have recently scaled to uh, $140,000 a month in sales. So it's, it's really taken off since we last spoke. I think last time we spoke to Ben, we were doing around $20,000 a month. So it's really, um, yeah, it's really gone up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> up and to the right that's what we like that's good well well, i definitely want to talk about um you know how you guys have done that because that is quite uh quick growth lots of questions there um but maybe this is something i think now that this has been really validated obviously it was validated to some extent when you were doing 20 30,000 a month but now you know to get to six figures a month that's that's you know without wanting to blow sunshine up your backside that's that's impressive right It's, it's a really good uh growing brand there so bring us back to like the research phase for anybody that wondering um what you did to find these products this niche uh what what was the research phase that's helped you because you had one brand that you killed like you said and then you started a new one so maybe there's been something different you've done there that's really helped you identify this what what was it that you've done to help you uh find this niche these products all down to you wasn't it tom in the in the beginning it was because i think i think um so i i originally had the brand that we uh, eventually discontinued and it was kind of when Tom came on board that we started looking at, at more things and I would say like that's one of the benefits of a partnership I think we spoke about a bit a little bit about this last time so I won't I won't bore everyone again but um just, just having those fresh eyes made us sort of like look and think all right can we start a second brand now and and so we obviously use helium 10 like most people do the re- the reason I, th- I think Tom originally found this 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 product that eventually led to this brand was um we were looking for we were looking for things that we could really stand out just in terms of like making a great listing to be really honest so we found this product and at the time there was only really like two people selling it um they were terrible at amazon their branding really sucked um and it was like a little bit of a punt honestly i remember the day that we launched it we did nine no we did i think we did 12 sales and mm-hmm. It, honestly, it was it was Tom pushing it. It was Tom that saw the opportunity, and I was I was honestly like a little bit skeptical because I I'd already sunk a load of time into the original brand. But that's again that's the beauty of a partnership. I, I was in enough to trust Tom and his intuition on it. 
So we ended up, we ended up like, it was basically like, we know if we, if we launch this product, the numbers make sense. We can really stand out in terms of making a nice looking brand, a really great looking listing. Um, so to be super transparent, we didn't really have that much of a USP. We didn't really have that much of, a, of, of an improvement on the actual product. It was just, there wasn't many people selling it. There was a little bit of demand. I think the, the one person selling it was doing about 10K a month. So we didn't really have huge hopes. We thought maybe if we can do six, $7,000 a month with a nice profit margin, it'll be a great just addition to the portfolio. We launched it, it went super well. And then that, that, that product is now probably our second or third bestseller. Um, that niche since has sort of become saturated. It's like that, that, that specific product niche. Um, but yeah, that, that led to us launching, I think in total we've got seven seven individual products now with a couple of them that I've got variations mm -hmm. and it's all in the same sort of uh, category category and well so it, it's all targeting the same demographics it's the same yeah. same a person that would buy one they would also be interested in another so we've we we phased out the development of the the, the first brand that I originally started discontinued that and then now we've got the, the the a pretty decent foundation for a nice looking sort of brand now with yeah, yeah. a few different products so what you're saying is that it's all down to tom <laughs> i didn't want to say it out loud but i i owe him everything yeah, that's good, that's good. <laughs> um have you would you say that the fact that they are closely related in terms of the target demographic has helped boost sales across the products i would say when we we the, the, the idea of building a brand, which I know you're a big fan of, and, and so are we, I think I think it takes a lot of time. So mm. when we launched our second and third product, I think we actually overestimated how much value was in the brand at that point. Because in reality, you haven't got a brand, you've got one product on Amazon. So, and you haven't got, we, we didn't have like an off Amazon presence. And that's something that we're working on a, li a little bit now, but to be honest, we still focus like 99% on, on Amazon itself. Yeah, yeah. So we thought the, the second product was quite complimentary to the first. And we were like, we're gonna get so many cross sales here. And then we made like a, you know, the virtual bundle and that kind of stuff. And mm -hmm. we didn't really, like we got, we got a few, like it definitely helped, but we thought it would be really rocket. I'd say now that we've had you know, seven, seven. Well, I guess eleven SKUs live or something like that. And we've got, we've got a few products that we've killed as well that haven't haven't worked out. But now I think the the branding side of things is that it's actually helping quite a lot. And we've got a bit of an email list that we can blast when we have new products. Um, we've got our kind of our name is now known in the space as people. Yeah. You know, we've got we've got our own copycats now that are coming after us, and we know that we're positioning ourselves as kind of the, the premium brand in our in our sub niche nice yeah so yeah there is now the benefit of that and i think that's that's given us the confidence to now target higher price point products yeah, because yeah. we are you know the, the premium guys in the niche yeah nice that's when you know you've made it right when your brand shows up in auto suggest on amazon like, yeah yeah the dream <laughs> No, that's good. That's good. Um, talk to us about the products that have worked then versus, you know, you mentioned a couple of products that maybe you haven't continued on with. Has there been big differences between those in terms of maybe research process or, or the products themselves? What, what's been the major difference? I, I think the um, I think the biggest thing was the, the one of the products that we discontinued. I don't know if we did touch on this a little bit in the first interview, but um, it, we we kind of, honestly, we kind of messed up the FBA fees a little bit. We miscalculated the FBA fees and then the shipping went up crazy. Um, mm. As you know, in like 20, the back end of 2020, um, that was a product that we had massive hopes for. We ended up doing, I mean, we did like 35 grand in, in sales, but then discontinued it. Um, 
And I think that was one of the key learnings for us was we we just didn't we, we missed something out on on the fees or whatever and the fees ended it was up my, it was my fault by the way yeah, yeah, was, so for me for my for my good work with the finding the niche it was my fault i messed basically, up basically he's back to even now because he did something great and then he <laughs> and then he messed that up so but this this was a learning for us in in a, in a few different ways really because it was like one of the learnings was if there's two of you then we need that qa process where like i don't like tom just doesn't trust that i've looked at the numbers and they're correct or whatever because I kind of left all that to Tom and then just leaving that on one person is, is, you know, you need to have that QA process of proper double checking it. I'm not saying I would have noticed it either because I think we would have probably overlooked it anyway. But long story short is we thought the fees were going to be, let's say, six bucks and they ended up being like nine bucks 50. Mm -hmm. So it, it completely killed the margin. And then on top of that, the shipping went up. So like now our research process is like, like, and I know it probably sounds a bit, a bit, obvious that you should do this but i think it's a mistake that new sellers make i definitely made it with my first products is like you need to know literally every single like if there's a cost involved in wrapping the pallets or um just all of these tiny little costs you need to know every single cost you need to know mm-hmm. down to the down to the penny how much it costs you to get that product into amazon and all your amazon fees if you mess that up mm-hmm. it's it, it cost us six months of time, probably, and it, and it cost us. That was our biggest swing at that point. So mm-hmm. we invested probably about ten to twelve k into that product, um, and that was out. That was that was massive to us at the time. Um, so yeah. we wasted time and we wasted wasted cash. So yeah. the the other thing, Ben, as well that we that we found that we the other product we discontinued recently actually was we tried to uh, kind of guess that demand was there for another product Mm -hmm. so it was a complimentary product and we saw a competitor of ours doing fairly well but they i mean they're a competitor but they're they're our kind of they're our enemy they don't know that we're probably not their enemy but they're Mm -hmm. ours so like we they're pretty big time and they they do you know they could do up to kind of half a million bucks a month which we we definitely think we can catch them now but they're pretty big time so they had a lot of fall off traffic and they were selling this one product pretty well. The numbers were really good for it. Like almost the best numbers I think we'd had for a product, super cheap to make. The price point was pretty decent, but you needed to do real volume and we launched it. But what we didn't look at properly was there wasn't actually exact searches for the keyword. So for yeah. that, what that product was. So they had, they had so many eyeballs going through their store. They were getting a lot of fall off traffic and that was good. It wasn't like a crazy good um, revenue wise. I think it's probably only, you know, eight to 12K a month, which is, obviously isn't, isn't bad, but we thought, you know, it'd be nice one to add on top, super easy. But in the end, we got no sales for that product. We, I mean, we sold, we sold a couple, but in the end now, we just, we just liquidated it because it was a waste of time. And that now is a rule that we set is there has to be direct search uh, keyword searches for the product and I have to describe it very well otherwise you can't just guess that it will work because nine times out of ten it just won't work yeah yeah and that's a huge uh, tip for any sort of new sellers doing product research is identify those keywords that do descriptively uh, descri- descriptively describe they do describe your product accurately because if they're too generic you know um, then they're, they're not going to be able to find your product it's going to be a wash of the conversion rates can be so low and you know all those kind of things so yeah uh, and we found that too selling toys you know too generic a kind of a descriptive term and it's and it's hard to get that conversion rate get any sense of volume so like you say they must have been doing something external traffic brand awareness from their store there's something that's causing traffic to come to that product page that's not going to be the traditional keyword route so yeah huge huge tip that um 
give us some thoughts then on how this growth has taken place because 20 grand a month to 140 grand a month that's significant that's 7x revenue in in, in six months that's a uh you know crazy quick b is it sustainable like give us some background on what's going on um you know it's exciting right on the front end but give us some insight on the back end yeah i think it's it felt for a long time like we were sort of um, treading water a little bit. Like we weren't, um, not treading water, but like we, we we felt like we weren't making any progress. And this is one of the things about Amazon is like, it, it's a long process. So like product mm-hmm. research, you know, to find a product, you're talking months sometimes if you don't already have an existing brand and, and like a roadmap of products. But we we were kind of at the time, I think, even when we, when we spoke to you first time, we were like still we were debating, do we focus on, you know, do we focus on this brand? Do we potentially maybe try and find, like, broaden the brand a little bit and do some other stuff? What we ended up doing was we just committed to doing that 100%. Um, and, and yeah, we, we, we had a product roadmap and we just tightened everything up. We we just triple checked all the numbers. And honestly, we just, we just went for it. And I think we had a little bit of an analysis paralysis for a while where we were, we, we wanted everything to be perfect. And in the end, we were just like, look, these numbers work out. We know we can launch products. We know we trust our own skills. Um, let's just go for it. So we ended up ordering, yeah, like three three different products pretty much within the space of like probably six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, the peak time for our brand and our niche is, well, one of the peak times is in the spring. Mm-hmm. So we aimed to get everything live by latest February. Um, and we were like filling it. We had we had this like forecast sheet that I was obsessed with, where I was like messaging Tom every night, and I was I was like putting all the numbers in, and I had like these three different scenarios, and the top scenario was about 130k a month, and I was like Tom, Tom, like maybe we can hit this, like, and we at the time we we're both like, oh, not really, you know, yeah, maybe maybe whatever, like it'd be a nice 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 outcome. Anyway, we got all these products live did all of our launches went just you know went through the process and then demand hit just as we were starting to rank well and it just went mm. so it was it was kind of like the perfect storm of we we planned it really well we did all the due diligence i never say that word um yeah and it all just sort of came together you know we trusted ourselves we backed ourselves we make sure we did all the fundamentals well and um yeah and it just gave us this huge confidence given given us this huge confidence now that we know the playbook we know what you need to do you know we, we know it always doesn't work it's not 100 percent guaranteed but as long as you you follow the fundamentals properly and it, it all comes together at the right time then you can see you know huge growth like that yeah my first thought when you're saying that three products huge uptick in sales is just capital right like wh- how has that been have you stayed in stock what's been that situation yeah we had a uh... So like Alex mentioned, the back the place all these orders the back end of last year, so September, October time, November as well. So I think after after we spoke, I got married that, that week and then went on my honeymoon to Thailand. Alex was also in Thailand, so we met up and uh On your we honeymoon. Worked, wow. <laughs> <laughs> His missus hated it, but <laughs> she was hit by the pool with me and Alex to sit at the at the bar, like working away. Muay thai. Without, like, yeah, uh, a bit of Muay Thai as well. Uh embarrassingly. We weren't we weren't, we weren't too good at that, but um but we we kind of we're looking at our cash position and we we knew basically the the first product which is our best seller now that launched in i think october ish time and the other two 
So basically, we need to. That was the one we knew could be amazing, and the other two were were lined up. And the numbers checked that, like I mentioned earlier, like the numbers, were like the sole, the, the the main priority for us now. So when the first launch went went well, we had to basically use all of our cash. So we we forecasted, and we were like, if we if we think the demand's going to go where it is, where it looks like from the last couple of years, then our sales are going to. I think it was like five x from where we were at that point, maybe six x on that product. So we had to place a huge order and we did it for that. And we also did it for the, the new launch products as well. They, we knew they could potentially go, go pretty big straight away. So we ordered three months, three, three and a half months of stock for each, mm-hmm. um, but taking, taking that kind of RQ4 into account. So we basically used all of our cash. So like it, was, it was a risk, yeah, we, 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 we forecasted that out and we left enough cash to be able to place a second order, which obviously everyone should always do because you're not gonna mm-hmm. get paid by Amazon straight away. Um, so yeah, it was a gamble, you know, it's, it's a, it was a calculated risk, but it was like putting, laying all our cards on the table and just kind of going for it. And then, yeah, it, it, it paid off. And now what was good with the forecast that Alex did was we knew when we launched, we go pretty aggressive on, on PPC and we, we don't, the first, the first order, we're not trying to, we're not trying to turn a profit straight away. Mm, yep. But because these numbers and these products are so good and they're solid, solid net ROIs, and this is like, yeah, the big kind of revelation to everyone, like the higher the profit and the higher the ROI, the easier it is to grow your business. And that's yeah. basically what's, what's happened. So now we've, we, as we tightened up the numbers, the profit is really good and really healthy. So like the forecast that Alex did, as we reached kind of 130K a month, our actual forecasted profit came true where the percentages were creeping up because these three products became a big part of our pie and they brought up the overall profit of the business. So that's kind of how, how it all compiled. And now we've got, they're spitting off plenty of cash. So we've now got, Two more, well, one more product in design at the minute, a new custom mold. Um, and we have another one in, in the works that we're literally doing the kind of the 3D uh, CAD designs for now as well. Yeah, nice, nice. You, um, I've got quite a few questions uh, on that, but you, you talked uh, about placing the second order. Did you, when did you place that second order? Did you wait until you saw the numbers? Did you place it before it arrived? What was the timing of that? It's about two, we usually do it about two to three weeks in. Yeah. So some, we're, we're quite lucky with some of our products have really, really good lead times. To be honest, mm-hmm. the production is pretty quick. One of the roadblocks we have here, to be honest, though, was where every where some of the regions are getting shut down in China. Mm. Uh, some of our products couldn't get through to, to ship. Um, and obviously some of the factories shut down as well. So we have had to fly. So we normally ship on like a fast ship. Mm-hmm. But we've had to start using Matson as, a, as yeah, an even yeah. faster ship. Obviously, it's more expensive, and we had to fly um, two of the two of the SKUs over uh, recently. So they're there live at the moment. So yeah, profit did take a hit for that. But for us, not stocking out was a priority over yeah. going out of stock and coming in again. So we ate it. And like one of the products now, we have like say seven hundred units. Won't really make much profit, but that's fine. Um, the the one the ones coming on the boat behind them, they will. Yeah. And because the numbers are so healthy and shipping in general has decreased a bit, it means that we'll, we'll, we'll even out overall and we'll kind of end up in a yeah. pretty good spot. Yeah, good, good. And then uh, you talked about profit ROI on those products. People will be listening thinking, geez, it's all right for them. You know, I'm you, you know, having to cut prices and costs are up and margins are thin. What are you doing different to everyone else? charging a higher price <laughs> i think it's one of the one of the learnings that we had for sure was um just put your prices up like mm. we we had a product that was at 32.99 for ages and we just kind of had this like mental block that like 
I mean, it wasn't even like a conscious thing. It was just like, oh, that's the price. And every, like most people, the second highest seller was twenty nine ninety nine for the exact same product almost. So we were already like a few bucks more. And then it was like, well, we, we're either going to have to discontinue this product or source it cheaper. So we tried everything we could to source it cheaper. Couldn't do that. Um, and then we were like, well, we just got to put the price up. So we put the price up from thirty two ninety nine gradually up to thirty seven ninety nine. And then it, it carried on selling. So we were like, obviously, obviously like there, there's some, uh, a little bit of impact on the conversion rate, but overall, like the tacos and everything, we just went up, uh, sorry, well, went down, improved. Um, and it was the same with the, the new product that we launched. Our target price originally was like 24 Um yeah. We launched it at like 17 Then, because generally we launch it like, you know, like 30% lower than whatever the target would be or whatever. Um, and then we'd sort of gradually creep it up as the, as, the, as we get some reviews and all that. Um, now we're, we're sat at over 30 bucks on that product because we just kept putting it up a dollar for like, we'd put it up a dollar for like three or four days, check the conversion rate, notice there's no difference. So we'd put it up again and put it up again. So some of our products are, overall the business has got a lot healthier. There are some products that are still on the borderline of like, we would really like to see it, um, you know, being um, healthier, but overall, what we've tried to do is we really focus on on the quality of the listing. I think it's still a massive thing that you can get as an edge, and it's you shouldn't really go into something just saying I'm going to make a better listing for sure. You should always try and actually improve the product. But Amazon is all about perception. People, if people perceive that your product is of, of higher quality, um, and if you've got the reviews to back it up, then they will pay more. Um, it's obvious the price sensitivity changes a little bit based on whatever the niche is. Obviously, some niches are a little, bit, a little bit more price sensitive, but we're in a niche we think where people are looking to buy something perhaps that's a little bit more quality and they're willing to pay more. So um, we've just yeah basically bumped our prices up, um, and that's helped us get the higher ROI and um, yeah numbers basically. Nice, nice, yeah. And then on the launches, you talking about lowering your price. What else has been the strategy? Talk to us about launch um, process, what you've done to get that traction early on. It's mainly PP. I mean, to be honest with you, we obviously do, we, we still go really in depth on, on keywords and yeah. a, a super in depth analysis that we we kind of cover every race and that we've looked at every single word they're relevant for. And then we'll, we'll launch and we'll target, you know, we won't target necessarily the, the hero keywords straight away. We mm -hmm. will obviously include them in the listing because they, they can't, can't really not. Um, but we might not necessarily bid, try and outbid everyone to rank for, you know, 50,000 volume keyword because it'll be yeah. super expensive. We might not mm -hmm. convert. So we'll go for the medium range, all that good stuff, kind of, you know, sensible with the, with the bullet points. Um, yeah. Our images, we, we do put a lot of work into them. Like I think, everyone says to use, use professional photographers which definitely we advise but on on top of that like I mean, most people use professional photographers now they, but they, they need to be like premium re, like real premium angle and yeah. we try and make our images always like the best in the niche um other than that to be honest with you, it's, it's the ppc side of things which i'll let, I'll let alex take over on because we go pretty aggressive on that yeah, we've we've I mean we've had this a uh, little bit of a debate on on Twitter about the use of auto campaigns and stuff yeah. like that. Um it's a strategy that we we I mean we used to do we used to do the same we used to just launch stick an auto campaign do whatever since we we changed it up now and we only use exact campaigns. So we we have keep, keep, we have campaigns with a maximum of 5 keywords in there. We never go bigger than 5 keywords anymore. And then the biggest 
the biggest volume keywords. So let, let's say if our top one has 20,000 volume, we have that in its own campaign, an exact campaign. We'll have it in a sponsored product, but also a sponsored video. Mm -hmm. um, so we want to be, you know, sponsored product, and then we want to always be the top video result. And we have we have proper videos made, like actually showing the product and not just slideshows, like really good videos. So as soon as we launch a product, I always take screenshots and send it to Tom. We, we, we have like, that we have the top top sponsored product you scroll a little bit and we're the top video and yeah. the way that we do the thumbnails is you can't actually select a thumbnail on a on a brand ad so we take a screenshot of the sexiest part of the video the the bit that pops out the most and the first second of the video we just have as that screenshot awesome. so when you scroll down our, I mean, we've had competitors copying us now with some of it, but they never do as good a job as we do, um, to be yeah. really arrogant. It's a big waste when you see brands do a fade from black because it's just a black. Yeah, it doesn't, black. yeah, it's like, and it, it was actually Tom, like Tom, Tom was, he was like, I actually put one on it and he was like, let's get the thumbnail in there. And he said it because I do the PPC is what I mean. So Tom was the one that sort of pointed it out originally. And we did it, yeah. And like, you, you just can't miss. Like, this, the click-through rate is is so good on these video ads that we get. So, we go we go very very specific. And the logic behind it is, the logic behind not using an auto campaign is we view an auto campaign in the same way as we would view a Facebook pixel. So a Facebook pixel, when it's brand new, it has no data. I mean, it has some data that you give it. You know, like it knows what your site's about, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's the same with Amazon. Amazon only knows the keywords on your page and it knows the uh, the category that you tell it your product is in. Other than that, it doesn't have any sales there. It doesn't have any anything. So our logic is that you wanna be very focused in the beginning because if you wanna rank highly for those biggest keywords, you need to be very specific and tell Amazon, this is exactly what we're specific for and you wanna show us as uh, so. That's kind of where our launch is. I mean, it's not. It's, it's not like that's. A, I think a lot of people are doing that now. It's starting to become more of a thing. But that's the strategy that we, we've taken with everything, and it's it's worked pretty well so far. Yeah, yeah. I'm just on a recent launch, just starting to test um, single keyword campaigns, and it's so like an administrative nightmare. But you get yeah, the control over like top of search as well. Um, which it's crazy to me that you know top of search is not something you can do on a keyword basis, but. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think you do get so much more control and there's uh, definitely something to be said for the, the auto campaign, especially now there's so much good data in keyword research that you can eliminate a lot of the, you know, you can find what works pretty quickly. You don't have to test it with an auto campaign. I think, you know, auto campaigns are, are just good for finding emerging stuff, real random stuff that maybe you're not thinking of, low volume stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, in terms of building that list and doing that keyword research, are you doing anything um, unique? What's your process there? Um, I, yeah. I, sorry, Tom, just to jump in, but there's one point on the on the, the the listing that I think is 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 really useful that we that we use is um, I see we see it a lot on on listing images. So like you you hear people talk about like copywriting, and when mm. people talk about copy, generally they talk about the bullet points. Yeah. But what, what I think we do really, really well is we don't waste an opportunity to describe a benefit. Mm. So I see, I see this a lot when I'm looking at other listings because I, I like spending a lot of time like looking at other listings and stuff uh, is you'll scroll to the second image, for example, and the, the top third of the photo will say product features. And it's such a waste of space. Mm. It's like you read it, the customer doesn't get any... 
like okay they read that and then they go down below but the amount of space that you have on an amazon listing is so limited if you think in terms of like if you have your own website you've got so much more room to add text to <laughs> images background images videos whatever it's like it's we have so many benefits that we want to communicate that we don't even get enough space because a lot of people don't even scroll to the ebc so it's all about those seven images really or six if you have the the video mm -hmm. So we try and use every single bit of space to effectively communicate a benefit. So if we know, for example, like if people are searching for non-slip yoga mat, and that's like one of the biggest keywords, our second image, we, we, we try and say to each other, like we want, some, we want a, somebody to see this image and they cannot leave that image without understanding that that's a non-slip yoga mat. Yeah, good. And we, we try and we try and communicate one benefit very clearly in each image. So it's another thing that we see is people, they repeat the same benefits. So you only have a num limited number of spots and then it will be like non-slip yoga mat, non-slip, and it, and it says the same thing. So I think that's one thing that's really helped us with the conversion rate is, um, and, and for, for us, that's a part of copywriting because mm -hmm. the, the, co the copy on the images, I think is 10 times more important than the copy in the, in the bullet points. Yeah. So would you you would do your keyword research and write your listing first and then let that steer your images or do you do images first? Yeah, we, what, what we actually do um, pretty in-depthly is we do the keyword research and, and obviously look at look at our top competition and put out put out all the high relevant keywords and kind of yep. uh, using using software to do that and then we manually go through as well. And then we go Cerebro for that or? Yeah, Cerebro and then uh, Keyword Dominator uh, yeah. tool. Adam's uh, which thing, is, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, that's that's super useful. It's kind of made it a lot a lot faster. Um, but we look yeah, really in depth at the reviews as well. So we look at all the questions that have been asked on a listing for our competition, and then also mm -hmm. all the one star and two star reviews, mm -hmm. and then also all the four and five star reviews. I don't tend to look at too much at the threes because that is what kind of weird only to three star reviews. Yeah. So <laughs> amazing product, three stars, mate. Special place in hell for them. But. <laughs> On, on, so we'll, we'll, we'll put it out and then obviously on, on Helium, you know, you can look at the most uh, repeated terms in, in these reviews. Yeah. So I'll make a document, I'll pull out the main terms um, and then look at obviously the, the problems that people are facing with these products. That's how we, that's how we customize our products anyway. So we improve yeah. on these problems, people are saying, and then we make that the key. We know then that's, that's the key focus. So for the images, we know what the selling point is. So people literally say, people are giving you the exact information that you need there's, there's putting in also in their own words. So there's some terminology that you'll see repeated in in the reviews. We'll use that exact terminology in our listing images and in our bullet points because mm -hmm. you, you're speaking to your exact avatar then in their own mm -hmm. language. Um, that's that's been super useful. I think that's it's something that I think a lot a lot of people know, but it's it's putting it into practice. And like Alex said, I think people just uh, they almost like overcomplicated. They, they want to stuff all of their features into this, into this one little image and. When you see like a even a comparison table, you might see like fifteen things lined up, and like they've, they've, people, a lot of people have got bad eyes. You know, they can't actually even see. They can't yeah, even yeah. see the text. So yeah. treat people like they're like they're ten year olds, and just give yeah. them that like one heavy benefit. The bullet points, I think we, you definitely want to make them catchy and put a good hook in, especially for the first two. I'd say you want you want the, the first couple of words to be really catchy, but realistically, I think. I don't think that many people read all the bullet points. I think you go, you go, you go, you know, images, you go reviews and you go uh, images, sorry, images, reviews, maybe video. Um, and then even like the title, I don't think people read past the first 
five words of the title to be honest so you can yeah. you can really optimize that and optimize it with exact match keywords chuck a few exact match keywords into your into your bullets as well um mm-hmm. you got i think you've got to play the game so i don't think the amazon algorithm is as smart as google yet so you can definitely still keyword stuff keep it keep it readable but you can definitely still stuff it a little bit yeah um and yeah all that kind of combined it, it puts you in a really good position to confidently have the best the best listing in in your niche and then sales kind of generally follow and you're kind of guaranteed to get at least a, a decent return definitely yeah that's good man i'm um, just circling back on those tools so obviously helium 10 is one that you know pretty much everyone will know about um obviously we'll be talking about a keyword dominator in a minute because that's one that maybe less people have heard of also uh, have you guys looked at data dive brandon young's one i've had a brief had a, had a brief look at it um watched all the tutorials by by all accounts it's great um we know it's it is kind of an ad, more advanced ver- well a, quite a bit more advanced version i think than than, than keyword dominator but I'd, i've not we've not personally used it but um they, they're doing similar functions things. though i imagine yeah yeah from, from what yeah. i've from what i've talked to a few people that use it that really like it i think it's i think it's fairly similar to be fair um we just yeah, yeah we just, for us we just, we just obviously we work with with Adam now as well, so that kind of yeah. goes hand in hand that we use his kind of his suite of tools. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure because um, Claire, my business partner, writes our listings. I'm pretty sure she uses the because um, I saw Adam do a video on the keyword dominator thing, and I sent it over to her. And I think she uses that now. So mm. it's um, like Cerebro is great, but there's definitely more you can do with that data. Hey. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah it just makes it way faster as well. I think the old method was. The old method was really good. Uh, it gave you kind of the same kind of information, but it's now kind of, you know, 10 times as fast to do it through the tool. Yeah, for sure. No, good stuff. Cool. Well, um, obviously, conscious of time, just want to try and get a couple more questions in. Um, you guys have recently been using a PPC agency, which is a hot topic. Give us some thoughts on why you decided to go that route and um, how you're finding the journey. Yeah, I mean, it It came about really because we're getting to the point in the business now, we're getting to the point that we're really valuing our time over over anything. Like, you know, once you get to a certain point, like your your, your time becomes way more valuable. And in, in general, we're trying to outsource as much as we can. So especially this week, we're, we're trying, you know, looking at training a couple of VAs to handle admin and logistics and all that sort of stuff, which we probably should have done a lot sooner. But on the PPC side, I started to get to the point where I was doing all of the PPC um, and I started to get to the point where I wasn't really finding it fun anymore and I realized I was if I wasn't finding it fun I was not going to do it properly and I, I started to feel like I was getting a bit lazy with it I would not look at it as often as I probably should have done and then I'd look at it and I'd be like oh. so it was still going well we you know we had great a great ACOS all the time like it, there was no like major sort of things that we it wasn't like we had like 150 percent ACOS and we were like we need someone to fix this it was just um we just really wanted to free up some of my time and then see if we could do the improvements so we yeah we we, we started with an agency probably, probably about five six weeks in now um the experience has been uh, I don't know it's it's I think when you've been doing PPC for like two three years you get to a level and you're you're probably pretty good at it so then outsourcing it to someone else You've got really high standards. Hmm. Um, the the ACOS has come. Sorry, the the, the TACOS has come down. So our, our main KPI that we gave to them that we wanted them to improve, we were like just improve the TACOS. Like at the time, it was around because we'd launched the two new products. It was around twenty percent TACOS. Mm-hmm. Previously, it was around fourteen percent for the for all of the products. 
So we wanted to get that as low as, as low as possible. So we gave them that target. And I think at the moment they've got it down to like 17, 16%, I think. So it, it's going in the right direction. Um, and it's obviously great that I don't have to like go in there every day and like, you know, check on everything. And um, Mate, he's, a full time, he's a full-time YouTuber now. I, mean, I, yeah. <laughs> I don't do anything on FBA anymore. <laughs> I just do YouTube. Um, it, it's... We, the decision was, do we go with a software? So we were going to go with a software called Perpetua. And then at the same time, somebody said to us, like, have a chat with this agency. The agency actually used Perpetua. Mm-hmm. And the difference in, in price was about $1,000 a month. So at the minute we're paying, well, you pay 10% of spend. So mm-hmm. we, we spend on average, like, at the moment, we're probably spending about about $800 a day, maybe a bit less. So... We're, we're, it, it's costing us about like this month this month it's probably going to cost us about $2,300 mm-hmm. and Perpetua alone would have been about $1,400 so wow. we, we were kind of like well it's another $1,000 but I don't have to do anything I just have to kind of check in maybe once a week and just get them to send me the KPIs and have you know keep high level management of it mm-hmm. so I was like well you know it, it kind of makes sense so yeah we ended up going with the agency um and I think we're going to do like three months and then kind of assess. But I think we will always outsource it for sure. But one of the things that I think potentially we might do is just hire hire a freelancer to do it. Like I think yeah. you could probably hire a freelancer and say like, look, I want you to dedicate, I don't know, like 10 hours a week. Um, and, you know, if you work out what the cost, you can, you can pay them 50, 60 bucks an hour. Mm. Um, and it'll be about the same as the agency. And... My hunch with these agencies, and not not just anything specifically with this agency, is that they they just they hire as many people as they can, and obviously they, they you know they they're trying to optimize the profits. But I, I feel like they each each indiv- each person at the agency that's managing an account, they probably have ten accounts that they're managing. Yeah. So I think you know maybe they just have too much work sometimes, and mm. not to say that wouldn't be the case with a freelancer, but we want to kind of test both. I think so. Maybe yeah. we'll do a few months with the agency and then maybe, you know, work with a freelancer and... Mate, you're sticking to this honest entrepreneur mantra, aren't you? <laughs> Laying it all out there. <laughs> if you're watching this, if you want to reduce the, the, the bill by about 25%, we might do it longer than three months. <laughs> Just going to tag them in the... Uh, no. um, I think, yeah, because I, I think obviously, ultimately the dream's in-house, right? You know, someone that's dedicated, yeah. knows your brand, knows your stuff, but that's exactly, a big commitment. Yeah. And so... I think agency is a good transition. It's just how long that transition, you know, would take. Yeah, and I, th- I in the past when I when I've worked full time, you know, in my last couple of jobs, is that would generally be what we'd do. We'd, we'd hire an agency. We knew it was going to be expensive. We'd pay them ten k a month. You do it for like three to six months, and then you learn from what they've done, and you bring it in house, and you reduce the cost by half or whatever. Mm. But you need you need to kind of get that experience of doing it. But one of the things that we just wanted, wanted, we do want more, we want more proactiveness, I think, is what we're not really seeing with the agency at the sure. moment, is we want somebody, like you said, who knows the brand, we want somebody to be like, look, I'm going to test all of these, um, I'm going to test all of these brand ads on this specific set of keywords, I'm going to monitor the organic ranks, going to do all of this. And we didn't really get that, and I'm trying, to, I'm trying to push more of that, but we're not really getting it. And I think that's just because they probably don't really have the time to do that. Mm. So, um, by no means, is it, is it, is it, has it been terrible? It, it's just, it's up in the air still whether or not we'll be a long-term sort of like user of agencies. But yeah. so far it's been a positive experience in the fact that we've saved a lot of time for sure. Mm. 
Yeah, definitely. No, that's good. I mean, that's obviously honest feedback, but it's good. I think helpful for people that, um, you know, there are some goods, there are some challenges that you need to work through. So yeah, good insight, I think. Um, in terms of then the next stages of, of growth, you've kind of hit these numbers. You guys are just going to chill out, right? You're just happy with those numbers just to carry on like that. Um, no point in growing it anymore. Or... People might have seen this on another, <laughs> another interview. Alex, the day we hit uh, 100K in a month, so we kept like breaking all of our records and you know records for DJs, as they say, but we, kept, we were getting pretty excited, or I was anyway. And then we got, Alex texted me a screenshot saying, we've hit 100K and he's like, and I feel nothing. <laughs> it just motivated us to do, to do more and now yeah I mean it's, it's been great hitting it but immediately yeah we're planning ahead so we had to make a decision strategically we, we can either try and extend obviously we want to get a great average throughout the year we probably have peaked now for this this season to be honest um, we're trying to these new products that we've got in the works we're looking to launch them kind of September October time a few of them and our target now is to go for next spring, so our next Q4. We want to triple, so we want to get up to kind of 350 grand a month kind of area. Um, and then in, in off season, we still want to be putting in, you know, 60, 70, 80 grand a month. So that's what we're working towards now. We did, the other option for us was we did just some products that will actually do really well in, in real Q4, so in, in the winter. Um, we decided for now, I think that, that might be the next, like maybe a 2023 move. Yep. Um, just because yeah, we haven't got unlimited capital so we had to kind of make that decision and that's one of the kind of you really want to keep those numbers high and, and even now when we've dropped from say 6k a day to like 4.5k a day that fit, it like hurts to be honest like you, mm. you, you kind of think what's gone wrong and it's not it's still, it's still really good but you've got to be this is the long term goal you know we want to sell the business in within a couple of years so we know that it's not, it's not a race and these we can now sit and kind of consolidate everything for the next few months but at the same time get everything planned um go for that kind of massive swing next next spring which we're now after this one we're even more confident and the, the new products we've got in the works we think are, are going to be bigger than anything that we've done before yeah. so yeah that's kind of where we are now we're, we're planning that out but like you have to do in any physical products game like we're literally looking at you know you've got to be so far ahead we're looking at six to 12 months ahead at all times and we're, we're forecasting that out working backwards from our goal now of, of an exit but the, I think even since we last spoke, to be honest, our, our goals have gone gone bigger. We're now thinking, you know, yeah, late. We want to go late seven figures if we can. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it'd be amazing to go to eight figures. We know a few people that have had eight figure exits, and that's a you're kind of a pretty exclusive club if you get up there. So that'll be mm -hmm. if if next spring goes well. I'm sure we'll probably move the goalposts again, and we'll say we'll say twenty million. But you know, we'll see. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> what, what have you got? Sort of timelines that you're working towards for that. I think we kind of roughly said um, we're at the we're at the point now where it's like the, it, it's the balance between Tom and I have been working on this for a couple of years and like we've we've chatted about with 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 you Ben a, a little bit before about like um, these are cash intensive businesses like if you get into building a private label brand FBA whatever um, you got to realize that like you know people see okay you're doing 25k a month in profit but like we haven't taken a wage from this business since day one we've took mm. we've taken a little bit here and there like just whatever but it's not the sort of business that you build and you're like cash rich because if you want to continue growing you've got to pump all of that cash back in so it's kind of a balance where we're looking at it as in do we want to you know do we want to put maybe like another 18 months two years into it whatever level it's at at that point we want to maybe sell it take some chips off the table maybe you know invest in some property do, do whatever in terms of like life investments and all that sort of stuff 
or is it going to be like Tom said, we'll get we'll get next year, we'll do 350K a month or whatever, and then we still see even more progress on the horizon. And we're like, well, no, like we may as well continue. So I think roughly what we've said is like, we'd like to have two more big springs. So like next spring, we want to be doing, you know, like three X what we're doing now, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And then, and then the same the spring after, and and then mm. by that point we should have like two years of really really solid books, really great sort of foundations, you know, products with good reviews, um, some custom products in there. So hopefully by the end of like twenty twenty four, we'd be in a position where actually the the, the brand and, and the company is very attractive to somebody trying to buy it. So I think at that point, if we could. Our goal was, you know, to make seven figures each. So I think mm-hmm. if we could try and get it to that point, I think it would be very tempting. But then, as I said, it, it kind of depends, you know, uh, overall how we, how we kind of feel with it. But, oh, I'll tell you what we also did. We forgot to say, yeah, we, we also got another brand in the works. So we, we kind oh, of... Oh, yeah, yeah. This is actually, this is Alex. So Alex is trying to get me back for the uh, finding this one. So he found this opportunity, <laughs> which looks really good, um, to be honest. And it's, it's a massive... Uh, it's a bigger space. It's a more competitive space. Yeah. But because now, like Alex mentioned earlier, because we know the, the playbook, so there's not we're not in a race to launch that one. We're kind of doing a bit of research and development at the minute. We're, we're custom working with a designer to custom custom produce it. Um, nice. So with that, that will depend on cash flow as well and where we sit and what kind of opportunity we look at. But it's quite nice now taking a bit of a bit of breathing room. It's not a race to put that one live. It's a case mm. that we want to make it perfect. But that one has a potentially like a, a much higher price point as well, which we, we definitely like because there's a bit less. Bit, bit less competition up there with the higher price mm. points and obviously the, the ROI and the margins are a lot higher as well yeah, definitely exciting times uh, and then from like a, a content perspective you guys are you know doing a, a great job of educating people in the space about the reality of uh, you know a private label brand what what's the you know the next season looking like for you guys as the honest entrepreneurs yeah we're trying to as Tom said like I'm basically a full-time YouTuber now <laughs> 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 but, um a thousand subscribers is what you want next, Ben. <laughs> We're still not there yet. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like since since we started, it, obviously the 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 origin of the brand was we were kind of like tired of seeing all these, uh, you know, just people that were just not being very truthful about it. And the people that we gravitated towards when we first started were the people that we could trust and we thought were being truthful. And then even a couple of those people ended up not really actually being very truthful. So that was where <laughs> that was where it all came about. So like we're we've been mentoring a few people um but that has really got a we can only mentor so many people because we don't we want to give every everybody individually enough time and everything so you know we're building up um we're trying to build up the personal brand again with the transparency because you know it's 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 great in terms of keeping you on your toes like Mm -hmm. if if we have to research videos we have to research we have to we have to vocalize all of our strategies everything that we're doing so it's great to keep us sharp yeah. also also keeps us you know we're always looking at what other people are doing so it's amazing for our own business but generally we're getting a lot out of like really helping people like it, it's a it's it's a unique experience in the sense that like you get people that are like 20 years old they message you out of the blue and you know we're just happy to help people because we want to be around people that inspire us and that push us to do more and that when we speak to them we get this sense of energy and that you know whatever so it's been amazing to like you know network with you and all the people on twitter and everything and then it's just led to us you know wanting to do more content wanting to increase the personal brand and then honestly again transparency is like multiple income streams are super important as an entrepreneur and 
if you build up a personal brand, you can monetize the personal brand really well. And I think it's something that people avoid talking about it because it's like, it's like this shameful secret of, oh, you, you want to make money by teaching people how to do Amazon. And it's like, yeah, because we know what we're doing and we're yeah. confident about that yeah. and you're going to get a return on it. Mm. So we're people, pretty transparent people say, about um, it. And people always go, they're like, oh, you can't be doing that well if you're not paying yourself a big wage. Yeah, because yeah, you want to grow the business. You know? like, that's yeah. the whole point. Yeah. yeah. So when we're making 25K in a month, it's not like 12 and a half K to Tom, 12 and a half K yeah, to me, yeah. you know, let's go to the Maldives and treat, <laughs> treat the partners. It's, it's that money goes back into the business. Yeah. Um, and then you've, you've got a set of skills that pe- that are in, in demand. People are reaching out proactively. They want to learn from you. And in this sea of, you know, people that are kind of like snake oil salesmen, a lot, a lot of people, I think it's people gravitate towards, you know, uh, people that are actually doing it and telling the truth and, so that's why we're, we're, you know, we're ramping up the, we're really enjoying Twitter. We've met so many cool people on Twitter. You know, we were in London recently, you know, we've obviously had um, a few, a few chats with you and just people that you've got a lot of com- lot in common with. So just us starting to do that side of it has had so many benefits overall for us. Yeah. I, I can't believe when you said it keeps us on, it keeps us on our toes. You didn't say it keeps us honest. That was such an easy layup. Come on. Come on. Know, it keep us honest. Yeah. <laughs> edit it in, Ben, edit it in. But <laughs> yeah. I think to, to add to that as well though, so we, like I said, we went to London to meet that around, we were around the Seller Sessions event, the Danny McMillan event, which was really cool. So we literally met people who's, we're like friends with these people on the internet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Met, we've got like, you know, we've got WhatsApp group chats with some of them and we never met them in person, but then we met them and we just straight away, like you've already, you're already friends, you know? So went to the pub, you have a good chat about, about you talk shop, you talk about Amazon. Cause most of your friends, like most of my friends here don't care about, you know, Amazon. Yeah. They, they, they might care about like, they see the odd big number you flash up on, on Twitter and they, they think when we, when we got to a hundred K a month, I'm getting messages, you know, like, Oh, you're making a hundred grand a month. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> I wish. Like, like now they're interested. You know, they want to teach me how to do it. But yeah. what, what we did as well, I guess, a pretty big step for us. We we're now kind of pretty heavy affiliated with with Adam, like Adam Adam Heist on on YouTube. So that was a yeah, yeah. that was something that we ran. People might have seen the interview on on his channel with us, but we kind of reached out to him and just kind of a bit of a bit of a cocky move, but ended up ended up working out. So he's now got uh, an equity stake in our business, which it's great kind of twofold to be honest what one because he's already sold a brand for seven figures and he, he's connected yeah, yeah. with an aggregator as well so we know he's, he's walked the path so we we kind of can follow his playbook and he's he's, super, he's really helping us out uh, in terms of us leveling up and that that's all kind of also added to to the growth for sure um and we're looking at some retail options with him as well to, to get into some stores mm-hmm. in the states which nice. which which is like it's funny because it's kind of like it's really sexy you imagine your your product on the shelves in like a random store in the states, and that that feels like a bigger achievement than Amazon, but like it's not really. Yeah. Like Amazon's still going to be the main the main breadwinner. Yeah. Um, it'll make you yeah, way less sales, but it'll be really cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so you can go you can go in there and make a make a TikTok and show off, but it's not <laughs> that effective. <laughs> but I think I think as well for yeah for our kind of personal side of things, like we met we met up with him in London, and like like Alex says, people that align with your views, and and for us like you know went on his channel that gave us a good platform to get some more eyeballs on us and he's happy to help us out we're happy to help him out so yeah all, all those people kind of coming together and, and like alex said working with people that share similar values um we've got this kind of a, abundance mentality of like if there can be more people like yourself and ourselves in the space then it will mm-hmm. give people a realistic view of, of of the business model and it won't yeah it might put off some people who think it's a get quick rich scheme but like realistically how often do they work you know you want what people that 
want to start a real business, then then listen and watch the right the right people in the space. There's enough of us around that are spouting the truth now. If, if more of us can come out, then it can only be a good thing for the space. Yeah, defo, defo. No, that's good, man. That's good. We'll obviously leave a link um, to all your stuff. Uh, people can find you, the honest entrepreneurs on uh, YouTube, and we'll leave socials and stuff below. Um, quick question before we do sign off on that, uh, because I think people will be interested. You, you talk about him having an equity stake in your business. How uh, how have you managed that? I assume like there's been like a, obviously you don't have to talk about details you don't want to talk about, but like a capital investment for a percentage of the business. Um, yeah, and then what? What's his involvement in the business? Is it silent partner? Is it active? How's that working? Yeah, so um, it's kind of on a, like a smart smart equity basis. So it's not it's not a huge percentage that that Adam has, but now he's obviously sort of got um, you know he's he's got a, a percentage, and it's it's on a strategic level. So we, I mean, we basically chat with him most days, um, but. It really helped us out originally because we just we were going around in circles, or it felt like we were a little bit because we we're only really speaking to each other. So now Adam is kind of like our, you know, he's like a, a full time consultant for us basically. Mm-hmm. So um, any part of the business that we need that extra opinion on, um, we lean on him for some sort of resources with some of the stuff that he's already doing. Yeah. So it's, all, it's 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 like adding a third a third person that's got even more experience than than we have um yeah. and on one hand obviously we, we've given up a little bit of equity in, in the actual business but we believe the return overall that we'll get is is going to be tenfold what, what we've what we've given away um sure. yeah. so yeah it's been it's been great and it's it's just it's, it's it's been really great in terms of it really gave us a lot of confidence when we sat down with him and showed him the plans and showed him all of this stuff that you know he's got a lot of experience he's been there he's done it he's one of the leading people in the industry and uh you know he there was a lot of it he was just like yeah you're doing the right thing that even that in itself was huge for us and gave mm. us a big uh yeah. confidence booster and i think yeah. i think because he's, he's very much into like uh, like sops which uh, when you start an amazon business it's not maybe not top of mind you kind of just muddle through and We've since we worked with him, um, we've, we've kind of tightened that up in a lot of areas, and now we've got we're kind of plugging into his team as well. So we work with his kind of his his couple of VAs and a few other people in his team that are, are super knowledgeable. Mm. So it's just helping us level up. And when, once you get to this kind of scale that we're at now, I think uh, it fine like it's fine margins. Like you can squeeze a couple of percent here and there. That makes a big difference when you when you're moving a big money through the business. So it's all all these things added together over time. They they really compound. And I think where we're going to end up, like Alex said, having him on board. We've also got, I think we even said in the last interview, you know, we sold we sold equity last year as well um, for for cash. So we sold ten percent of the business. Um, so you know, we've we've still got a decent chunk each. We don't want to we don't want to slice ourselves too thin and, and make it difficult for us to both to walk away with seven figures. But it's been the same process every time. You know, when Alex joined with me, it was because we saw a bigger pie. Then we mm. did it last year. We saw a bigger pie again. We've done it again with Adam. So it's like the third. It's the third time, I guess, for Alex that he's done that. And mm. it's not. It's a mental block, you know, because you wanna you wanna own as much as possible. But you know, forty percent of ten million is more than forty mm. percent of one million. So that's mm. kind of how we're how we're looking at yeah, it. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I, yeah, I get what you're saying. What you can do with those connections and with that is is much bigger than you could ever do without it. So, yeah, mm. I think that's there's definitely wisdom in that, yeah. for sure. Good stuff. All right, well, uh, we've been chatting for nearly an hour now. It's like I feel like I could ask so many more questions and loads we haven't covered: the VAs, the SOPs, the 
you know the the custom molds the designs you know loads there that i'm wanting to ask about but we'll be here all day if we do that so if, if um, the fans if the fans want us on for a uh, part three in, in a few <laughs> yeah. months maybe we can come back on we'll have to vote with the downloads so um, <laughs> that's good that's good uh, so obviously uh, youtube to find you guys we'll leave that in the description anything else you want to add any sign-offs you want to give before we go never no. stop dreaming kids <laughs> believe in yourself <laughs> if you can believe it you can achieve it right, <laughs> good stuff we should all be american um anyway um, it's been great to have you guys on excited to see the journey unfold and yeah hoping that it continues to go up and up and up thanks for having us ben. ben thanks Amazon. No worries. good stuff guys thanks for joining us on this episode of the show definitely check out all that tom and alex are doing twitter youtube all that good stuff and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you in the next episode real soon